Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. Your baseball is one week away home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you never miss an episode as we embark on this 2020 60-game baseball season. My name is Sarah Sanchez, and I feel almost safe saying I write about baseball that Bleed Cubby Blue. <laughs> That that's that's perfect. I love that. Hi guys, Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I am flying high right now because I actually got to consume baseball this week. Very What'd excited you say? about that. I got to watch the Cubs play. Oh right, did you do um, the watch party? Right. Yes. Yes. So excited. So excited. It was um, Cal Hendricks and Yu Darvish's uh, duel, and it was yeah quite fantastic. I know we have plenty to talk about there. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a second. It's a little bit down on the show notes, but I do want to say I apologize to all of my friends uh, who were in that watch party. I couldn't join because I was busy like hitting pause and taking pictures (laughs) of my screen because I was so excited to see the Cubs, but also because I wanted to write about what baseball looked like on Marquee. So by the time I I was basically like 15 minutes behind the whole game. People were probably following my Twitter like, why are you talking about a home run that happened 12 minutes ago? But (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and there was there was some pretty ones, too. There was some pretty ones. Yeah, we're we're definitely going to get there. Um, Before we jump into what the actual game looked like, though, let's talk about two things that are still elements of concern here. And I'm going to start with the non-COVID-19 one, just to mix it up a little bit in pandemic land. There is still no Comcast deal between the Cubs uh, network, Marquee Sports Network, and the cable provider that provides coverage to 60% of Chicago land. And, and if you are a Cubs fan who has Comcast, I hear you and I hear your frustration every time we are talking about these games. Andy, what do you think about the fact that we are like eight days away from the Cubs season opener and there's still no deal? I mean, you had kind of hoped at this point in the game being that we are in the middle of July and just starting a season going through a pandemic when the world just really wants something positive to hold on to, something fun to make them forget how ridiculous real life has been. You would kind of have, you would have hoped that they would have figured something out by now. Like, let's care about our fans. Let's care about the people that are going through some things right now. Let's show them that we really want them to be able to enjoy something in this life right now. Because let me tell you, as you heard Sarah and I talk about, it's not been easy. So to be able to consume baseball and just forget about things for a couple hours, you know, that would be a huge gift that the Chicago Cubs marquee and Comcast could give their viewers, 60% of viewers in the Chicagoland area. I mean, that's absurd to me. That's just, uh, that's crazy. I would be so irate too. And I, I can't, I can't even begin to tell you guys how much I feel for you because that, I mean, I live in a different market, so it makes sense that I don't get to see it all the time, but to be in the market and be blocked out of, of watching the local team is just, that's just madness. And especially everything that we've gone through this year, even more so they got to get it together at some point in the next eight days. Right. And I just, I have to believe there's a huge incentive for both sides to get this deal done. Like Comcast knows 
that the Cubs drive their baseball coverage. No offense to White Sox fans. Like, that's not where it's at. It, it, that's an exciting young team. I'm going to watch some White Sox games this year because I'm excited for them and I'm interested in players like or Eloy Jimenez and Lucas Giolito. But, like, the team in Chicago is the Cubs. So you have to get the deal done with the cable provider that provides 60% of the coverage to baseball fans in the area. And I I mean, I'm sure there's stuff going on behind the scenes. I know the Cubs are real interested in making this work and making this happen. But we are like tick-tock down to the wire here. It is coming up soon. So here's hoping whoever is in the room to try to get this deal done between Marquee Sports Network and Comcast understands that getting a deal done before July 24th is is basically imperative. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And if the pressure wasn't on them before, it's definitely on now. I mean, because each day each day we get closer to next Friday and actually the season starts on Thursday, but for the Cubs it starts on Friday. Each day that we get closer to to that, it, it's like the pressure has got to be on even more, you know? Like we have to get something done. We need to get something done. Our viewers you know, need to see Cubs baseball. And this is the way they're going to do it. And we have to work together. We have to put these, you know, whatever the issue is aside, and we know it's money, but you know, (laughs) they're going to have to, we're, they're going to have to meet in the middle on this because I think it's just really important that they do it for the fans. I mean, for, for the people that need it the most right now. And that's, you know, the people that are, are going through the day-to-day stuff and and le- love to have that outlet of baseball for two hours a day. Give it to them, people. Come on. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the Cubs opener on Friday, one unique tidbit. If you follow the Chicago Cubs, you watch a lot of Cubs baseball, you know that Cubs games on Friday are always in the afternoon. And that is a rule in the city of Chicago because of the it's a, it's a deal brokered with the neighborhood to keep traffic from getting out of control on Friday nights. Uh, a lot of the Cubs Friday and weekend games are in the afternoon for that reason. The exception is if they're on Fox or ESPN for whatever reason. That rule has been relaxed for the shortened 2020 season. You will actually be able to see Cubs games in the evening on weekends this year, which is new. And I'm sort of interested to see if that sticks beyond 2020. But at least for 2020, uh, a lot of the Cubs games are going to be in the evening rather than those day games that we are all so used to. Uh, one thing I want to talk about before we get to the actual baseball, I promise people like actual baseball news is coming. We still have some testing delays that are sort of problematic. So twice this week, the Cubs saw delays. One of them on the 13th, David Ross and five other staff slash coaches missed workouts. Not great, but like it's not your players. And I, I like that the Cubs kept the staff and coaches who didn't have their test results yet away from the clubhouse. I think that's wise. But then on Wednesday during the practice game, we actually saw five taxi squad guys called up from South Bend, including Brennan Davis making his Wrigley Field debut without a number and Miguel Amaya, which look, it's super fun to see Brennan Davis and Miguel Amaya playing at Wrigley Field, but they're playing because six players didn't get their test results back which is why in the late innings, and this was probably my favorite thing that happened on Wednesday, Danny Mueller, who is an assistant clubhouse manager for the Cubs, was playing left field. <laughs> like some of the staff that could actually be in the stands made a cardboard sign heckling him and left. And like, that's funny, but it's also not because there is no reason that we should have these testing delays 
with basically at the time, I think it was like nine days to go before the first game. I mean, but let's be honest here. I'm so happy that the Cubs have decided that when the test results don't come back, Hey, let's just go ahead and play or let's just go ahead and be around the team. Like totally. that's very smart. I have to say that this whole process from when they agreed to have baseball come back and all the, the ins and outs that they have been told they have to follow. I feel like the Cubs are doing a very good job of it, at least from our point of view, what they're choosing to let us know. They're doing a very good job of, of keeping with the standards. This is not exclusive to the Cubs, this whole testing delay thing. This is across the entire across, yes. across all of baseball. I mean, every team is running into issues. And we've talked about this a little bit, but there's teams that have had to cancel practice altogether. There's teams that, you know, didn't have testers show up. I mean, there's just so many things that these teams are reliant on to be able to field a team. Now, granted, keep in mind, the Cubs are playing the Cubs. So, you know, there's not, there's not a a concern of actually fielding a, a nine player team, but you never know. I mean, you don't know if that becomes an issue in one of these situations because so many tests don't make it back or whatever before game time. You know, it just, you really hope with, with, you know, just over a week before they play that these things get ironed out. And I know that it's not the Cubs, it's the folks in the testing facilities. And I know I, I thought I read, or we even talked about that they opened another facility um, somewhere on the East coast to help get tests moving, to keep tests moving and um, to kind of take so much of the testing out of the facilities that they're in right now. So they can divide it up a little bit better, but I mean, it's just, gosh, you know, to be so dependent on this outside factor to field the team that you want to field, you know, that's another, that's another whole thing that's going to come into play when you talk about who's starting and who's playing and, and who does what in, in these 60 games this makes up this season. So it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out over the next few days. If, if we start to see a little bit more consistency and how this is run or, you know, if it still is a problem a week from now and we're going into opening day with having testing issues is certainly going to be a concern of mine. Yeah, I mean, the Astros are one of those teams that has had to cancel practice completely twice. And their new general manager, James Click, I believe, had the comment that whoever is going to win the World Series this year is basically going to be the team that stays the healthiest, which nobody wants there to be a baseball season that is determined by the luck of whether or not you had testing results and whether you had cases on your squad. That is not the season that people are looking for. People are looking to see the best team prevail. But I just, I I feel like that's a specter that is hanging over the entire season. And every time we hear about a delay or somebody who can't be at the ballpark or somebody who is sick, it's something to keep in mind. Um, And we'll be keeping an eye on this. We'll definitely let you know if any Cubs players have COVID issues or if there are testing delays. It's something that I've been keeping a close eye on. I know Andy has too. One other element of this that I want to talk about is the umpire situation, because in order to have a baseball game, it's not just the players and the teams on the field. 11 umpires opted out of the 2020 shortened season earlier this week. We'll retweet that complete list from the Cup of Cubby Blue account on Twitter. So if you don't follow at Cup of Cubby Blue, make sure that you do. But apparently, and this is, I am just like furious about this, masks are optional for umpires. And Country Joe West, our favorite ump show, has just decided that 
he's not going to wear one. So a home plate umpire calling balls and strikes for the Tampa Bay Rays, the one of the only people on the field who is going to be within six feet of every single person on the field, except for the pitchers, has just decided he doesn't need to wear a mask. And I am so furious about this. I feel like this is one of those things that could make or break the season. Yeah, definitely a major concern. Definitely a huge concern that that's become um, a... something that they don't actually have to (laughs) have to do. You see all of the different things that the players are having to do, all of the different ways that they have to adjust, you know, how they approach the game, where they sit when they are in between innings, how they celebrate with their teammates, the fact they can't spit. I mean, you see everybody that's not even on the field with masks on. Um, Kyle Hendricks, I think even had his mask on when he was in between innings. I mean, but then the umpires have the the ability to decide whether or not they get to wear one. It's it just, I don't know. It, it's so, it, that seems very easy to figure out. Like that seems very, <laughs> like such a, such an easy thing to get right. And, and to make that not, I, I, I don't know. I, it's just very frustrating. And I feel like th- this is just another level of what's going to ruin us having this season. I mean, just wear a mask, Joe. And there's two parts about this that really bother me. The first is that you may or may not remember that last week, a little over a week ago, Joe West came out and said that he just thought COVID-19 was blown out of proportion, that the numbers weren't really that bad. He lives in Tampa Bay, Florida, which is one of the largest outbreaks in the country right now. And so you already know that he's amidst one of the worst outbreaks in the country. And you also know that he doesn't take it seriously. So we have no way of knowing what his protocol is like when he goes to the grocery store or whatever. But if he's not taking it seriously, it makes me wonder if he's being the safest about wearing a mask and washing his hands and keeping six feet of distance from everybody. He And he, he put that out there in an interview. Like that's that's on him, right? So to then be the one umpire that I've seen so far, and admittedly, I have not been watching every single club practice to see who's wearing a mask or not. I have been watching the Cubs practice and all of their umpires have been masked at all times during the game, which is outstanding. But I just, I don't understand how one umpire can just take that upon himself and how that is okay. And I also feel like, and I feel pretty strongly about this, if, say, Joe West got assigned to a Cubs game and the Cubs did not want him to umpire that game because he wasn't wearing a mask. I think they should get that. I think they get that call. There's no reason he should get that option if teams are uncomfortable with it. A hundred percent. They should have that choice. That is something that they have all been very careful. They've been vocal about being careful about. Um, you know, I mean, obviously they probably have laundry lists of why they don't want Joe West to umpire one of their games, regardless of its <laughs> practice or not. But if you're not going to, if you're not going to do something so simple as to wear a mask, I mean, that's just right now, the very least you can do to help keep the season moving along, you know, and I've read some very ignorant comments from this man. Not that I was a fan of his ever, but I mean, for him to say, you know, if it hasn't got me yet then, you know, I'm not worried about it getting me now type thing, something like that. Like, that's just reckless. Unbelievable. Right. I mean, it's not just about you, Joe West. Like, the world doesn't stop if Joe West perishes. Like, there's other people besides you, you know? I mean, it it just, it's so infuriating. And and something so small and minor that you can control, such as wearing a mask, 
when everyone around you is taking all these precautions, you would think that just some portion of his brain that maybe thinks with some bit of semblance of common sense would tell him, oh, maybe I should just go ahead and, and put that mask on. Because at the very least, you know, I could be protecting people around me. And if not, then, hey, you know, what am I out if I'm wearing a mask for a couple hours to, to umpire a game? Like, seriously, it's, it's not that hard of a concept. Yeah, I think Cubs mental skills coordinator John Baker really said it best. He was wearing a mask when he was calling some of the Cubs practice games earlier this week, a mask under the mask. And he took a picture of it and said, yes, that's a mask under a mask because I care about the people I work with, period. Right. Oh, yeah. That's it. It's, it's not a hard concept. That's it. So if you care about the people you work with and you can wear a mask, wear a mask. That is something that I've noticed all of the Cubs coaches are doing and the Cubs players are doing whenever they're not playing. And I, I appreciate that. And I, it just horrifies me that somebody could come in from outside the organization as part of the game and mess that up. All right. Let's talk about actual baseball for a minute because there was some fun baseball this week. We got to see a practice game on Tuesday. We got to see another practice game on Wednesday. Tuesday's game was a pitcher's duel between Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish. And, and it sort of had that vibe of one of these guys is going to be the opening day starter. So what is going to happen? Uh, let's see how it goes. And Frankly, when David Ross came out today and said that the opening day starter was going to be Kyle Hendricks, I mean, you could just you could just see it on Tuesday night that Kyle Hendricks is locked in and ready to go. He was hitting every spot. It was a one hit, 70 pitch uh, performance over six and a third inning. And that a third inning is actually hysterical because basically he pitched a four out six just to hit his pitch count because he hadn't hit 70 pitches yet. And they wanted him to throw a little bit more, which was awesome. What do we think of Kyle Hendricks opening day starter over you Darvish? I am completely stoked. I mean, what a great problem to have to choose between Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish. I would not have been upset if it would have went either direction, but I think Kyle Hendricks really deserves this. He has been so brutally underrated for all his seasons, basically, people don't know who he is. I mean, obviously, people in the Central know who know knows who he is because he's dominated and he's dominated in the playoffs before too, the Dodgers. But you know, he's just—I guess—I—I I don't know if he, it's not because he's flashy or because you know he's just very matter of fact about how he conducts himself and you know, it, just very flying under the radar. And I love it. I think. This is a perfect season for him to kind of, you know, come out and make a name for himself and, you know, put up some really good numbers. I mean, granted, it's a 60 season, 60 game season. I get that. But he still is someone that is so deserving of this opportunity and so deserving for all the accolades that he should have already been getting. So, yes, I am so excited about this. I think this is um, definitely a, a good thing for David Ross, too. I feel like he's coming out and he's kind of just saying, you know what? I'm not overthinking anything. I'm going to just Absolutely. do it the way that it, it is best. Yeah. So that, I mean, I, I can't wait. I'm so excited to see it. Yeah. I love the way David Ross went about making this decision. I like that he talked to the players first. And, and to be clear, this takes nothing away from you, Darvish. You, Darvish finished the 2019 season with outstanding stuff. He invented a pitch over the offseason. It's called the Supreme, 
we've retweeted it from the Cup of Cubby Blue account before, but we'll retweet it again. It's stupid. This pitch is filthy and ridiculous. And it's, I think, the 11th pitch that you Darvish has because he's insane. Darvish is great, but it was just very telling to see, you know, Darvish threw 60 pitches over three innings and a third. He had a couple of control issues, walked a couple of guys. There was a wild pitch, gave up a home run to Wilson Contreras. Meanwhile, Kyle Hendricks was so efficient in a one-hit shutout that they're just adding outs to his adding, like, hey, throw some more. We need you to throw more pitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make a, a couple four-out innings for you. No big deal. Like, at one point, Len and JD were joking that he was throwing a Maddox. And admittedly, it's a practice game, so it's not really a Maddox, but he, he was. He was on pace for a Maddox. <laughs> I mean, it, it's crazy to me. And let's be honest, if you Darvish was throwing against anybody other than Kyle Hendricks, we would be talking about his performance right now because he was fantastic. He's definitely going to be a force in this rotation. Thank goodness. And, you know, let's not forget the 2019 season he had, and, and hopefully he's just building on that. But not to mention the dude's hair is fire. Like, <laughs> He definitely did not even care about quarantine and cutting that hair because it is all the floof and it is beautiful. I love it. It was flowing in the wind. You Darvish, you are fire. I can't wait to watch him pitch either. That man is going to be amazing this year. I am laughing so hard right now because when I saw you Darvish on the mound and I, I kept trying to get a good shot of it, like taking a picture of my TV screen and I couldn't, all I could think was pandemic hair, don't care. Because I have pandemic hair right now. I've not had a haircut since like February and it's kind of crazy. I joke about it on Twitter sometimes, but I was like, oh my gosh, you Darvish also has pandemic hair. Seriously. It's so beautiful. I was like, when I saw him walk out to the mound, I was like, holy hair, Batman. That is some serious, that is some serious wiggage going on there. I mean, just gorgeous gorgeous, beautiful, you Darvish hair. I love it. I'm so ready for baseball. Well, you only have eight days to go. So Kyle Hendricks will be your opening day starter. You Darvish will get the mound against the Brewers for the second start. But a lot of other things are going to happen over the course of the 60 game season that starts in just about a week. So we are going to take a quick break for some sponsors. But on the flip side, we're going to talk about some things that we might be able to see in a 60-game season. We're going to give you an update on Anthony Rizzo, who has been wasn't playing in those practice games because he's been dealing with some back issues, but hopefully everything is going to be okay. We're also going to talk about which Cubs are just swinging a hot bat right now. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. All right, we are back. So one of the things about a 60-game season is that it's like right on the cusp of being statistically valid. You know, Sarah's over at The Athletic kind of ran a bunch of sim simulations to see where you hit statistical validity, and it turns out that it's right around 67 games. So 60 games is just shy of that. But that also means that some very strange things could happen. If you look at 60-game stretches for the Cubs last year, for example, I mean, there was a stretch there where you Darvish was giving up less than a walk a game because he was in the middle of his streak where he was just not walking anybody and he was just striking out the lane, right? And so all sorts of wild things could happen in a 60-game season. Andy, what do you think the craziest thing we'll see statistically in 60 games is? From the Cubs or not? From anybody? Well, it definitely, I mean, I'm interested to see where the home runs go because pitching, I think, is going to be, it's going to be a different 
um, approach, I think, for a lot of these pitchers than it would be in a regular 160-some game season. So I think home runs, I can't decide if if we're going to see more than we would expect or less because pitching could be stronger since they don't, since it's a fraction of their normal season. Um, but it also could go the other way. You know, you may not see pitchers be as ready to go right away until like maybe game 30 or game 40, which you're halfway through the season at that point. So, but I definitely think that you're going to see, um, you're going to see some interesting matchups and you're going to see some things differently than what you would see in other seasons. Like, um, you know, uh, is it Quintana? Quintana is who owns yes. Milwaukee, right? So yes. I, I really think that you'll see stuff like that continue, but you might actually see him get roughed up a game because he's not quite, you know, he's not to the point of see, seeing the live ball that he was um, at the point where he saw the Brewers last year. So I mean, it'll be all around. I think statistically, it's going to be a hodgepodge of a lot of um, very quirky things. And I think we're going to look at this season and analyze this forever because I think it's going to give us a ton of different things to look at. And then also, you know, forever be questioning the validity of them because of the shortened season, obviously. There's just so many additional factors this season that I think are going to. Um, we're going to see not translate correctly into statistics. One thing I want to say, I know we'll talk about this when we get to Anthony Rizzo, but one thing I was looking at your write-up on this, and the thing that concerns me is through 60 games, Anthony Rizzo had the most RBIs by 10 of this of the Chicago Cubs team. So that concerns me a little bit being that he's already – you know, experiencing some back issues because that, I mean, obviously we have other guys that can step into that role, especially with somebody like Chris Bryant leading off, but still something to consider and something to kind of, you know, watch for, because that could be an issue down the line. Yeah. I'm hoping that the Rizzo stuff is just a lot of caution and that he'll be just fine. Fangraphs had Anthony Rizzo at, well, the Anthony Rizzo, Victor Caratini, Chris Bryant platoon as the top first base combination in their positional rankings in baseball and, and props to you fan Cause I believe that is the right answer. I, I I'm a little bit like, obviously I want Anthony Rizzo to play as much as possible. And he's not really replaceable in that three spot, but Victor Caratini getting more at bats in a season where I'm really worried about him getting the plate appearances that he needs. Doesn't make me, so nervous about that. Obviously, Victor Caratini's bat is not Anthony Rizzo's bat, but I think that he can step into that first base role and the Cubs have a lot of players that they can move up and down the lineup to get those RBIs. So I'm hopeful that that will be okay. We're going to talk about some of those hot bats in just a couple of minutes. One thing that I'm really interested in, I think that somebody is going to go on a home run tear and we don't know who that person is yet. So if you remember last season about this time, we were talking about this, who is this Aristides Aquino kid in Cincinnati and why has he hit eight home runs in like five games or whatever crazy streak he went on. And I feel like that's going to happen and we have no idea who that player is going to be, right? That there's someone hanging out on a taxi squad right now, just absolutely mashing the baseball. <laughs> and that person is going to have like 15 or 20 home runs in a shortened season and none of us know who it is. <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent. There's going to be, you know, my husband and I were kind of joking about this the other day. It's like we, to even think about playoffs. I mean, obviously you have rosters that are jam packed with talent, but you know, a 60 game season is really 
you know, there's got to be some luck in there and there's got to be some other things, especially when you're relying on things like testing and relying on, um, you know, if players decide to, to keep playing and not opt out in the next few days. So it would be really cool, you know, and this kind of plays into the same thing if we saw some really obscure teams making and making a move in, in the playoffs. And which, you know, you and I have talked about a few times that I, I would not doubt if we see, um, you know, some team that we haven't seen hit the playoffs in a few years make make and, and make some moves in the playoffs. It, it would be fantastic. And, you know, some of these no-name guys, I don't want to say no-name guys, but guys that are, you know, less mainstream that we don't hear about all the time. And especially this year with us not playing any other divisions, you know, there's definitely going to be somebody that um, makes waves as far in, in all the statistical categories that they, they possibly can, because, you know, what do they have to lose at this point? It's like, you know, I, I'm in the majors, I'm playing baseball, I have nothing to lose. So you just go out there with that kind of attitude and who knows what can happen for some of these guys. Absolutely. And to be clear, for those of you who are worried about Anthony Rizzo right now, he didn't play in either one of those practice games. He did take batting practice today. Jordan Bastian, who is the MLB uh, Cubs coverage for MLB.com, had some video of him taking batting practice. Here's hoping his back feels well after that. The MRI did not show anything unexpected. So hopefully Anthony Rizzo will be just fine in time for the actual games to start. A few players who look insane at the plate right now. And I had been hearing rumblings out of summer camp that this held true even before we could watch the practice games. Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ, and Javier Baez are absolutely mashing baseballs. Wilson Contreras, I think they said, had four home runs across multiple practice games. He has the most home runs out of anybody on the team right now. But a couple of those are just monster shots. He hit one of Tyler Chatwood yesterday that bounced down like the back end of the left field bleachers and I was just like oh and and there was a bat flip because of course there was and look Wilson Contreras bat flipping after hitting a home run off his own guy who he loves by the way one of my y'all some of y'all remember I absolutely adore the relationship between Wilson and Tyler Chatwood Wilson was super supportive of Chatwood when he was struggling with that really high walk rate the first year he came over to the Cubs and Wilson was always right there with him supporting him through everything after he got moved to the bullpen. So I love the relationship between those two, but the fact that Wilson hits that just massive shot and then bat flips, I was like, this, that's my guy. <laughs> yeah. Toying with his confidence level there a little bit, I, I would say, but <laughs> definitely I have to say the ones that I got to watch on, um, I guess it would have been Tuesday night. Um, it was the sound. It was the sound that I've missed so much. And it wasn't like I, I heard it like I was there type thing or even that it was on my own TV type thing. But it was just you you I, I could hear it just enough that it was like, wow, like, yes, thank you. Love this. <laughs> Amazing. And and then to hear it was it was funny because, um, you know, I was kind of tweeting back and forth with Cole Wright because he was out in the bleachers. And um, then at the end of the game, Javi Baez hit a no doubter to left field and Cole Wright had been steady planted right in center field. So I was kind of half joking with him, like, did you run and go grab that? And sure enough, he posted a picture of himself with the Javi ball. And oh, gosh, I mean, just to be there and witness the, those guys mashing the ball like this and getting ready for the season to start and that sound 
it, it, oh gosh, I, I'm so jealous of you, Cole. <laughs> so jealous. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so great to see these guys starting to turn it up a little bit and and um, know that they're making good, solid contact and off some, you know, decent arms that you know the Cubs have. So it, it, it's good news for us. It, it's it's really good that the offense is starting to gear up, and I'm just excited to see who else is who else is going to start mashing here for us soon. I know Schwarber hit a couple to start the practice games but I haven't heard him hit any more since. So hopefully maybe he'll, he'll burn up a little bit. Yeah. I've not seen a Schwarbaum yet, but I'm, I'm waiting for that. I also loved Cole posting that picture of like running to grab Javi's ball. Uh, for those of you who don't have marquee sports network and, and I know, I know it's frustrating. You're I'm hoping you'll have it soon. Cole Wright is the studio host for marquee. And it was just so cool to see that the people who are at this network, love this team in the same way we do. Like they run after home run balls and they post pictures of themselves with the home run ball and the bleachers. I just thought that was a blast. Also, I don't know if you saw this, but also there was a picture Taylor shared, um, Taylor McGregor um, shared a picture of herself looking for a foul ball and she had a mask on and she had her (laughs) mic and her phone and her mask on and she's looking for a foul ball. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I would be doing. (laughs) Totally. And, and by the way, just in case anybody who actually has access to the bleachers and or Waveland Avenue is listening to this, what I wouldn't give for a Wilson Contreras 2020 home run ball. So <laughs> if, if you have access to a Wilson Contreras 2020 home run ball, let me know. Cause I am <laughs> I'm excited Let's about talk. that. I'm excited about the concept. I, I really think that Contreras, Hap and Javi all look like they have monster seasons ahead of them. And I am, I'm so here for it after a very long 125 days without baseball. Speaking of home runs, one of the questions that I've had burning in the back of my mind, and and, and I knew that they would come up with something, so it's not like I didn't think it would happen, but I wanted to know how they were going to celebrate, right? Because you can't high-five anymore. There's no more like dogpiling on home plate when somebody comes in with a big hit. You got to keep your distance and stuff. So I was curious what they were going to do to celebrate these home runs. And it appears that at least the early answer is heel clicks. And I think this is incredible. What do you think of the heel clicks, Andy? I have not seen this. I, so I have tried to find video of this. You're going to have to share this with me. I did not see the heel clicks. I saw Javi Baez almost run straight into the dugout after third, when he hit his, he wasn't even going to bother with home and even ended up running to home and still didn't end up touching it. Um, but I, I couldn't find anything of the heel clicks. So I am very excited to see this myself. So I'm definitely trying to find some video of this because this sounds amazing to me. Oh, girl, I got you. It's on my Twitter because uh, I definitely took a picture of this when Wilson Contreras hit his home run. But basically, they, you know, they do their home, their thing. They hit the home run. They like round the bases like you always do. And then they kind of like just tap heels with whoever's coming up next or whoever scored. And I thought at first it might just be a Wilson thing because he did it after the first home run on Tuesday's practice game. And then on Wednesday's practice game, when Ian Happ hit a three-run home run, they all did the same thing. So everybody who scored was kind of standing around home plate and they're like touching heels. Like I, somebody in the Bleed Cubby Blue game thread called it a low five instead of a high five. I love <laughs> I that. that. Was adorable. I love that. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. I'm trying to, oh, there it is. Okay. I see it. Okay. Okay. I can get on board with this. I can get on board with this. I like this. I like this. This is, um, this is way better than if you remember the celebration they did the last time David Ross was the part of a Cubs. This is way better than that. (laughs) I know, I know people know what I'm talking about. 
this is way better. I like this. And this is also very safe and they're not, you know, touching things that they shouldn't be touching and, and, you know, that sort of deal. I like this. This is cute. I like it. This is good. Good idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of the heel clicks. I think they'll come up with more ways to celebrate as the season goes on. I mean, it's going to be interesting for sure. It's weird to walk by the ballpark and hear the stadium noise pipe through it and to hear them, you know, they're like trying to recreate that atmosphere. Some teams have cardboard cutouts. The Cubs do not. Al actually has a great write-up today of the different price variations for the cardboard cutouts. Apparently, if you want to sit behind home plate at Dodger Stadium, you have to pay like $300 or something crazy, which no, (laughs) like not even in LA. (laughs) Are you talking about the cardboard cutout? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Milwaukee fans would lose their mind. (laughs) they'd be like that's what we pay for season tickets like no way not happening but beyond the cardboard cutouts (laughs) season tickets oh my god (laughs) sorry I like just I just got it I I was gonna say you that totally you totally did not catch that did you (laughs) oh never change brewers never change Um, (laughs) no seriously uh you know the cardboard cutouts the the sound piped in the music that they're trying to play they're trying to get them jazzed up but I don't know if you happen to see this article that Patrick Mooney at The Athletic wrote earlier this week about Wilson Contreras, because, you know, he's such a high energy player. Everything Wilson does is big. He pounds his chest. He yells at the sky. He's just he's it's big. Right. And he was asking him, how are you going to get jazzed up for this season when there's no fans? And Wilson was just like, no, I'm going to bring all my energy 110 percent all the time. I'm just going to think of the fans at home. And I got this. And I was kind of skeptical of that until I saw him hit those home runs and just bat flip and everything else. I'm like, yeah, Wilson's fine. Wilson does not need a crowd. (laughs) He's good. I think these guys will be fine as far as that's concerned. I mean, I can see where it would get, you know, maybe game 30. (laughs) Sorry, that's another bad joke. Game 30 when we're halfway through the season. Um, you know, they start to tire out a little bit. No, I don't see that happening either. I mean, this is, this is a very short race than what they're used to. This is something that they have to go all in from the first inning, the first pitch, if they want to, I mean, this is a good opportunity for some of these teams to, to win a championship. Um, and I know that sounds crazy and there's probably going to be an asterisk and we're probably going to say, but did it count? And we're probably going to, you know, but who cares at this point? We're getting to play baseball. There's going to be playoffs. There's going to be a World Series. Hopefully, fingers crossed. The, you know, these it's still it's still going to count. You know, I mean, it's still going to happen. Hopefully, but so <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's like they I'm like, still ha- <laughs> I'm like that wall sob emoji right now. I'm like, yes, hopefully, please. I, I mean, Andy, I know you were talking me into this the last couple of weeks, but and I tweeted this in a response to somebody earlier this week, but I just have to say, you're 100% right about how happy baseball makes me, and giving myself permission to be happy watching these practice games was, like, the best thing that I could have done for myself, because honest Yay. to God, I, I'm not even joking, I had forgotten what it felt like to be happy in that way. Yeah, It's been I love so that. long that I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like... And this is like that little kid joy that I felt when I got a new book or whatever. Like this was, so I appreciate that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your thoughts. No, 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 you're fine. And actually, I'm glad you said that though, because that giving yourself permission is like the ultimate like acceptance of, yay, I can actually be happy about something, even if it just right now, even if it doesn't happen the way that it's supposed to, you just give yourself five minutes. It makes the biggest difference on everything else. Like 
seriously, and I'm probably like sounding like ridiculously annoying, happy person right now. I've also started running again, and that also gets that chemical in your brain <laughs> that does. makes you like yeah. forever happy. Yeah. So yeah, so you can tell that I'm like putting a positive spin on everything, and that's probably because that chemical is like flaring up in my brain right now. But yeah, I mean, as as far as like just being excited about baseball, obviously you guys can hear how happy we are to have baseball and. Um, a lot of people like us for that reason, because, you know, there's other podcasts where it's kind of doom and gloom and <laughs> we're not those people. Like we're like the happy people. Let's play baseball. It, it's so fun. So yes, give us permission, love baseball, especially love these guys celebrating with no crowd and all this piped in crowd noise. It's ridiculous. Trust me. I make enough noise at my house. It, to me, it's, it's, there's nothing different. You know what I mean? I mean, just empty stands, but I don't, who really pays attention to that? I pay attention to the players and what's happening on the game in the game. So yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready. Let's go. Well, I can't think of a better place for us to close out this episode of pandemic cup of cubby blue next week. The Cubs have three exhibition games against their crosstown rivals, the white Sox. I, we will have everything you need to know from all of those games on our next episode, we are counting down the days, people, to the 2020 baseball season. You can count them down with us. You can find me at at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find Andy at at BRYZ underscore Blue. You can find both of us at at Cup of Cubby Blue, where we are over the moon excited about 2020 baseball. Till next time.